Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flowscape podcast. I am your host, Sawyer Stinchfield. With me, as always, is Christopher Peterson Mason down in Disney World. If you have not jumped on the train, you are going to fucking miss out because, mark my words, this is going to be big and you do not want to miss it. This is going to be big and you don't want to miss it. So if you've already downloaded, listened to the first episode on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast, it is everywhere now. Um, we love you and we thank you for the support, but we need to keep this fucking train going. And if you're not on the train, get on the fucking train because you don't want to miss it. And I don't want to hear you bitching about how you got on the train late. Get on the train now, stay on the train, like, subscribe, download again, YouTube full video episodes, wherever you get your podcast, Apple music, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, we're just going to fucking jump right into it today. Mason, did you watch any of the National Basketball Championship game? I did not. It was actually, if you didn't know this, it was the least watched National Championship, I think, of all time, or it was up there with that. Um, but we'll run through that real quick for the people who did or, or didn't for you. Um, obviously, UConn won, so congrats to UConn. Um, Fucking hell of a season. Um, great, great run to the tournament. I'm um, just whooped everybody's asses. Um, San Diego State just couldn't hit shots. Um, Spencer's sister's very, very sad. San Diego State could not hit shots, and that's really what killed him because UConn is just too athletic and too well coached to to pl to play a team that's not going to hit shots, and they're going to win that every time. Um, but congrats to UConn. Um, don't want to. Don't want to, you know, lean into the basketball side of things too much, but we like all sports here at the Flow Skate Podcast. So congrats to UConn. Um, also, congrats to the people of your city for burning it down after you won. Um, makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but yeah, UConn started the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Congrats. Uh, and then congrats to LSU. Congrats to LSU basketball. Um, I'm assuming, did you catch any of that game, Mason? No, I didn't watch either of them. No, no, that's fine. No basketball for Mason. But, yeah, congrats to LSU. Um, came in, whooped Iowa's ass. Um, and then the um, only thing I'm going to say on the LSU women's game is if you're one of the people, or I should say if you're one of the pussies bitching and complaining about the Reese girl throwing up the John Cena in Caitlin Clark's face, I believe it is, grow up. This is fucking sports. These are girls playing at the highest level that they can for their age. And when you fucking dominate a game, the way they dominated a game and the way she dominated a game, you get to talk shit. That's how sports work. Leave it alone. Grow up. That's all I'm going to say on that. Congrats, UConn. Congrats, LSU. And also, last thing, leave it to Jill Biden to try to give out participation trophies for the, for the basketball national championship. <laughs> Um, unbelievable. I hope um, they got orange slices and Capri Suns too. Yeah. <laughs> she, she brought them orange slices and Capri Suns. Um, congrats to those teams though. So we're going to get right into it now. Mason, I, we've got to talk about this because I was listening to the Missing Curfew podcast the other day. Shout out Updog, shout out Obes, shout out Binger, shout out Princey, Maxi, all the boys over there. And they had MLB player on Matt Chapman, uh, plays for the Blue Jays. 
he talked about how I don't know if this is for every MLB team, but specifically for the Blue Jays, he talked about how when they travel, they have a players only bus and a coaches only bus. So my question to you is how big of a fucking shit show would Colorado State have been when we played there if we had players only buses to fucking road trip on? That would have been nuts. I mean, we did pretty well for ourselves, even with the coaches on the buses. And some of our coaches were pretty good about joining in too. But I feel like if there were no supervision, that would be bad. Someone would get yeah, I, in trouble or something much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we did pretty well for ourselves, even with coaches on the bus. Um, and so so go, go back to my freshman year and your sophomore year. Imagine... That players only bus with Vander, Jenks, Drew, Brad, Saint, Bavel, Waring, Nick, Spencer, Spicoli. I mean, holy shit. Bad, I bad think things would have happened. Amazing, but bad things would have like I four hours in that bus driver would have been pulling over telling us get the fuck off. If even that, it wouldn't have even taken that yeah. long, probably. Yeah. So my next qu- my next question to you is, how long would it have taken wearing on a players only bus to become Kokanee man? Uh, hour and a half, maybe. Uh, shout out Eric Waring. Eric Waring um, in college, good player. You uh, liked his liked his Canadian Bruce. Uh, good Canadian boy. Liked his Kokanee. Um, but uh, when he had one too many Kokanees, and that Kokanee box went on his head, and he turned into Kokanee man. <laughs> There was no stopping him. There was no stopping him. Kokanee man was coming for anybody and everyone. Um, I Now I want to compare though, because your, our senior year, our last year, I think that bus with me, you, Spencer again, but Billy, Brock, Mikey, Emmer, the, I, I don't know. What do you think? What would have been a bigger shit show that season or that, that your sophomore year, my freshman year? Mm, probably the earlier years. I think we had we, had, just more, the we age? had more veteran drinkers on that team than we did on the team. Yeah, our last year, that was a young team. Yeah, I feel like too. I feel like too. Yeah, those those veteran drinkers were really good at at instigating instigating some stuff. Whereas our senior year, we just all got into the same shit together. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I if there's no way college teams could have players only buses. It's college club teams, no fucking way. Imagine that. Imagine that. Okay. Probably well, can do what they want though. Oh yeah, I mean those guys are those guys are adults. Like those guys are 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 grown men, and if they're not grown men, they're twenty they're twenty year olds with twenty million dollars. So um, much more of a man than I was at, at twenty. Um, but that. Yeah, I mean, that player's only bus would have been an absolute shit show. Okay, so let's jump into um, the Frozen Four. Um, semifinal games were Thursday night. The final was last night. Did you catch any of the semifinals from Thursday night? I saw it at a bar, so I didn't get to see much of it. But I it. Okay, but you, but you was, it was on. You had it on yeah, there. Yeah, it was on. They do play I caught, in Florida. Yeah, I caught um, the Minnesota BU game sort of towards the end um but it looked super super even um and then it just looked like middle stat was kind of like a man amongst boys he just kind of it it 
he was clearly above and beyond the level of almost everyone that was out there, including guys on his own team. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fucking release that kid has is insane. I, th those two back-to-back -back rips he had were – both of them were snipes and both of them were put on really, really, really fucking hard, and they were hard shots. Um, that's an NHL caliber shot. Um, he fucks for sure um, because his, his brother is doing some fucking in Buffalo. Uh, they've got good sperm in that Middlestat family. Whoever Papa Middlestat is, your kids are fucking, and they're fucking hard, and the young one's coming to do some fucking in the NHL along with his brother. Um, so – Keep a lookout for him. He's going to be a fucking stud. I, I had a, I knew Quinnipiac was going to do it, um, and I, I don't mean about the final. I mean about Michigan. I just had a feeling. I had a feeling. You look at how stacked Michigan is, and obviously consider they really are considered to be one of the greatest assembled college hockey teams as far as skill. I mean, they've got multiple first round draft picks, multiple. Um, and then you just look at the skill you have with Luke Hughes and Fantilli. I mean, it's bar none difference makers. Like they're going to be difference makers the minute they step into an NHL locker room and NHL ice, um, just like Hughes's older brothers were. But that game, they played like individuals. And I'm not going to go so far as to say they had one foot out the door already, meaning those kids who know their first rounders know they're not coming back. They're going to make a lot of money next year. I don't ever want to challenge somebody's heart or question somebody's heart, but you got to wonder for, especially for Luke Hughes, because he's a devil's prospect were NHL playoffs on his mind. And, it, and it's a valid question because if they're not, it's a little bit of a concern because that would mean he's not looking towards the future and you want him looking towards the future. But if they are in his mind, that means he, he may not be all in as far as the mental side of the game for his own team in, in the frozen four. So I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say they, they had one foot. Some of those kids had one foot out the door. Like, Hey, if we lose, fuck it, I'm going to make a million bucks and I'm going to go make marketing money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. So I'm going to be okay. It's going to suck, but it is what it is. Um, but they they played an individual game. Uh, they clearly got out coached. Quinnipiac was fast. Quinnipiac is stacked too. They have solid kids. Brandon Moore's kid is fucking nasty. Um, and the kid that scored the game winner last night, he's fucking good. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but they just played two two separate games, um, so it was completely different. And then last night, did you catch the game last night? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. What'd you think? It was good. What'd you think? It was good. I think Quinnipiac deserved it. My mom. Virginia absolutely hates when teams pull the fucking goalie. She hates it. It, she will tell you every single time it never works. It never works. It never works. And I would almost agree. She's right. A lot of the time as, as it doesn't work, but when it fucking works, it works on the biggest stages and it gets teams important wins and important points. So for instance, the Stars did it twice this year. Down a goal, late, pulled the goalie, okay? Scored with one with like a minute and a half, I think, and then one was under like 30 seconds left. They they And they came out with wins, I believe, in both those games. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But those are important. Those were ended up being important points for the end of the season standings. You don't pull your goalie. You don't even give yourself a chance, Virginia. 
you don't know what's going to happen. So she, she ate the words on that one um, because she watched the game last night, and um, I, my dad even said she, as soon as they pulled the goalie, she was all, she was she was pissed. Um, but they got it done. Congrats to Quinnipiac. Um, that OT goal. Did you see the OT goal? Mm-hmm. Was that your guy going to the net? Because whose fucking guy yeah, was it? Seriously. Wide open. Did you see the offside D pulled? Like, they won the faceoff. The far side, the, the, the close side D to the puck pinched on the puck. The far side D came across, and both forwards just fucking watched that Quinnipiac centerman just skate down the ice. And that's what happens. That's what I, you, I think the kid that it was his man was, I think that was the kid. Did you see the kid break his fucking stick over the post right after oh, yeah, it went he in? Knew. I, yeah. And he, it was either his man or the kid. Did you see the kid laying on the ice with his hands in his, in his face? Probably. I don't remember, but I'm it, sure. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was one of those two kids guys. Um, and you, but you, you always feel bad for the loser because they're getting their kids. They're young. I, they all have bright futures. They're all, whether or not you go to a college where pro hockey is like the best option for you, because there's tons of levels of pro hockey. If you played NCAA division one hockey, you could go to any Eastern league tryout and, and make it at least, at least a Southern professional. Now, whether or not you want to make 250 bucks a week or 500 bucks a month or whatever it is for the, for the SP. Um, and then whatever it is for, for your ECHL contract, but there, these, all these players are good enough to go play pro hockey. They wouldn't be playing NCAA D one NCAA D three. Most of those kids are, are good enough to make a jump to some level of pro. Um, so they've, they've got bright futures over there at, at Minnesota. They'll be back. Um, going back real quick though, to the, to the, uh, Quinnipiac, uh, Michigan game. Do you see the rocket in the stands? They kept showing. Mm, I don't remember. I think Spencer texted the group. They knew what they were doing. They yeah, like yeah. it was like they kept. It was like everything Michigan did well. They just kept going back to the same girl, same girl every single time. It was absolutely ridiculous. I almost felt bad for a little bit because <laughs> no, no, fuck that. Never mind. She's gonna get so much, so many Instagram followers from that shit. Um, she's fine. Never mind. But yeah, they knew what they were doing on that one. Fucking sneaky fucks. Um. All right. Thursday night hockey. So it's coming down to the wire here. There were no games Friday, loaded, stacked card of games yesterday, uh, and then pretty much not not too not too many things today. Sunday morning, Thursday night hockey though, Toronto versus Boston. Did you catch that game? Mm-hmm. I did. Give me your thoughts on that. I need I need your thoughts on that because I I've got some, but I want to see I I want to see if we're on the same page here. I mean, I think to me it just proves how nasty Boston is this year. I think they still looked good, even when they didn't look good. You know what I mean? Like they, it looked like they were struggling that first period, and then when they came back, it just—I felt like it was one of those things where kind of they showed why they're President's Trophy. They just have to keep doing stuff like that through the playoffs. See, and I'm glad you said that because I could not disagree more. That to me is is you think is they're gonna choke. wrong. I look. I don't think they're gonna choke. I just think I I don't like the they looked bad even when they or they looked good even when they were bad. I mean, I I just don't I don't like that because what I saw in that game was obviously Boston ended up getting the win in overtime. 
it looked very even. But what I saw was a very, very fast Toronto. Very fast Toronto. Faster than Boston. For the first and I also saw and a half, a tor- for sure. And I also saw a Toronto that got pushed around at times, but they didn't give a fuck. Marner got Marner was getting bullied that game, and Matthews was taking lacrosse style hacks. I mean, how they don't call some of those fucking hacks on Marner and Matthews is insane. Whether or not you think Toronto already gets biased refereeing, anyways, but how they don't call some of those hacks is absolutely nuts. But they didn't back down. It wasn't like Marner like stopped playing. He was going to the corners. He was being a little rat on the power play. Um, I'm scared for Boston because they look like they were on cruise control that game. And yeah, they get, they pulled it off three, two in overtime. Do you want to, you want to play that way every single game against a Toronto or somebody in the playoffs? It's, it's at that point, it's seven game series. Anything can happen. The way they looked against Toronto Thursday night scares me. It scares me for Boston. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. You. You tell me. You. You tell me. Uh, you. You still have all the confidence in the world in Boston, really? Not all of it, but I think every team's going to take at least one night off every once in a while. And I feel like they've been winning so frequently lately that they were bound to have a down game, and they had a down game, and they still won it. So that, to me, is what shows me that they have what it takes. I think to at least make the make the push at least as deep as they can. I mean, you never know playoffs. Everything resets as soon as that first playoff game starts. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I still think you're you're wrong um because you're Peterson. Um and if we were in Arizona, mm-hmm. you, those fans those fans would be fucking giving it to you. Yeah. So, real quick, real quick, when you hear me call Mason Peterson um and he calls me Bibbs, when we played at Colorado State and we would go on our Arizona road trips, which were, I mean, some things can be told about the Arizona road trips and some things cannot be told about the Arizona road trips. Um, that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope. Shout out to the Tucson Bunny Ranch, whatever it's called nowadays. Treated us very well over there. Anyways, um, when we were in Arizona, so we'd always go, we'd play ASU twice and then we'd play, or we'd play ASU once on a Friday or Thursday night. Yeah. ASU on a Thursday night, uh, at, at the old ocean side. And then we would go to Tucson and play Arizona for a back to back Friday and Saturday. Um, or it was flipped or we were in Tucson for a Thursday and then we'd go to Oceanside Friday, Saturday. But this particular time, our, our, my freshman year, Mason sophomore year, we were in Arizona in Tucson and they used to play um, at this old, I don't know. They still probably do if they're playing, they at the old convention center and they used to pack it, but there were two refs. Um, I think one was a linesman and one was the actual referee and their last names were Bibbs and Peterson. And when I tell you, I've never seen a crowd of fans in any sport hate particular, not just referees in general, but these particular referees, because in the ACHA, just like uh, junior hockey and just like low levels of pro, refs are uh, 
kind of centrally lo- like they have their kind of area of games that they work you know, states different states that they can easily travel to and, and drive to and things like that so these guys clearly had worked a lot of arizona games and the level of hatred for them from these arizona fans was was insane um specifically the first night they used to arizona used to play this god-awful national anthem and it was about five minutes long. It was some country remix to the national. I don't know if it was Kenny Chesney or Tim McGraw, or it might've even been like Dwight Yoakam. I think it was Dwight Yoakam actually, but it was a, it was like a six minute country remix to the national anthem. And they played it on purpose because their players were used to it. But if you're the opposing team and you're fucking standing on the bench and you're antsy and you're adrenaline and you're fucking doing smelling salts and you're the five that are standing on the blue line, ready to fucking go, chomping at the bit, and you got to stand there, and you think the national anthem is going to go a certain rhythm, and it goes the complete opposite, and then all of a sudden you're still standing there, and you're still looking around, and the national anthem is still fucking playing. It's insane. So right before, though, they all you remember you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. And then they would play Who Let the Cats Out as soon as it finished, too. Yeah, they would play Who Let the Cats Out as soon as it finished. But right before the national anthem played night one, the guy got on the fans, please rise, take off your caps, hands on the heart for, for the net, for the singing of the national anthem. This guy, to this day, I, I, he, he must have had it planned for at least hours before because it took some timing. Um, as soon as that guy got on the announcements for everybody to stand up for the national anthem, this, and I'm not even going to be nice about it. This guy who looked like he was on eight pounds of meth in a leather trench coat just starts booking it down the steps of the lower level down towards the players' benches. And he grabs up on top of the glass and leans over. And I mean, you couldn't, have, he couldn't have timed this any better. That's what I mean. It was, it was so calculated and planned. Right before the national anthem, he yells, Fuck you, bibs. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, it was it, all time, all time. I think I was hurt. I was in, I pulled my growing at, at ASU the night before. So I was in the stands and I was like, did that just fucking happen? I had never heard anything like it. Now, that also leads me to one more quick story from the second night. I was hurt. Were you scratch with me the second night? And I'm just going to give you a little preview of what I'm talking about. If you were, do you remember Billy and the stands? I don't think so. I don't think I was that night. You may have been playing that. I think I always played against U of A. Yeah. For everybody who doesn't know though, um, we went back and forth between playing and scratches because our fucking coach was an asshole and his reasons for not playing guys were dog shit and his reason for playing guys made no fucking sense but anyways mason was probably playing saturday night but i think you remember this story um i was in the stands with billy it was me billy and um the other injuries and scratches and a group of fans had noticed Obviously, there have been several teams come there before. They know what scratches look like. We're in suits. We stand out like sore thumbs. We have clipboards, that kind of shit. And this group of fans, it was like three guys and a girl, sat like two rows behind us the whole night. I mean, and just fed us the whole fucking night. If we moved, they would move and sit behind us and still. So it didn't. It got to a point where you just we just stopped moving because it didn't matter. Even when we would go to the locker room to give Kelly fucking Newton our stat sheets, 
um, we would come out of the locker room and go sit somewhere we thought like completely was out of the view of them. And all of a sudden these fucking degenerates would just be behind us again. So it's third period. It's about to end. Um, and all three of them, all four of them, even the girl, I, I think she had maybe four total teeth in her entire mouth. Um, clearly Tucson meth heads started really going in on us. And I was kind of getting, I was becoming stench and I was going to turn around and say something. And before I could, Billy Watson, shout out Billy G. Tub Watson with an all time line turns around and looks at all four of them and goes, buddy, you ever going to fucking put a muzzle on that broad? I do and, remember y'all telling me about that. Yeah. 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 He turned around and told the guy to fucking muzzle his broad. And this guy, I mean, jumped up quicker than you could snap your fingers. He knocked somebody's popcorn out of their hand. He knocked my drink out of my hand. He grabbed Billy's clipboard and threw it clear across the convention center. I mean, it almost landed on the ice. He chunked it so far. And it got to the point where they were following us into the locker room area and about three cops kind of noticed what was actually going on. And they credit to the Tucson cops at that convention center. Cause they probably seen some shit. Uh, they stepped in pretty quick um, and looked at us and were like, you guys need to get to your locker room. Cause they, they knew. Um, so that's how scummy <laughs> Tucson was, but shout out again, shout out to the bunny ranch. Um, I think Spencer had the best birthday he's ever had at the Tucson bunny ranch. Um, if he remembers it, if he remembers it, I don't think Babel remembers pissing on the front door when he got kicked out, but that may be for, <laughs> that may be for the, do you remember his suit? Mm, I don't think so. The suit he wore to the Tucson bunny ranch. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did wear his suit from the game to the ranch. I do remember. No. It, it, yeah. But do you remember the mm -hmm. shoes he wore? What kind of shoes not. did he wear? He wore he wore those four Velcro old man shoes. So he, he wore his suit from the game and he wore his fucking Velcro old man shoes, proceeds to get kicked out and um, proceeds to also piss on the front door of the Tucson Bunny Ranch. We do not condone that. We love them. Um, anyways, Thursday night. Holy fuck. If you're a gambling man, um, which I know Mason is not... Um, you made some fucking money on the overs, which life's too short to bet the unders. So I don't know why you're betting unders anyways. Mason, did you see some of these fucking scores Thursday night? There were some touchdowns on the board on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, there were some goddamn touchdowns on the board on Thursday. So real quick, let's run through the overs here. Buffalo versus Detroit. Buffalo won 7-6 for 13 total goals. The fucking over was 6.5. Montreal versus Washington, six to two, eight total goals. The fucking over was six and a half. New Jersey and Columbus, eight to one, New Jersey for nine total goals. The over was fucking seven. New Jersey got the over by themselves. They could have shut Columbus out and you still, you still would have crushed the fucking over on that game. Florida versus Ottawa, seven to two, nine total goals. The over was seven. Islanders and Tampa, six to one. For seven total, the over was five and a half. Vegas, LA, five to two. For a total of seven, the over was six. Colorado and San Jose, six to two, eight. The over was six and a half. So again, if you bet unders on Thursday night, you fucking shot the bed. 
the overs were where it was at. Um, speaking of overs, that Florida and Ottawa game, did you catch that game? Mm-hmm. I did. Tell me you didn't get hard watching that old-time <laughs> hockey. It was a good game. I feel like these these games these past couple of weeks have really ramped up into playoff mode, so that's made it more fun. They, it was Kachuk on Kachuk crime. Those fucking two kids were just running wild, and they, I think they 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 try really hard to avoid each other at all costs, but it, it's eventually going to happen, I think. Um, and I think Brady is going to start it, and I think he's going to finish it. But those guys were running wild out there. Uh, they were, it, I mean, again, it was Kachuk on Kachuk crime. Crazy, but it's had a, such an old time hockey feel to it. I mean, like just the whole scrum and Kachuk getting the crowd pumped up, and then the other Kachuk getting the crowd pumped up, and we just had Kachuk and Kachuk and Kachuk. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Um, absolutely loved it though. Uh, if you haven't caught the replay or the highlights of that uh, on YouTube, check it out. Um, Sends Florida scrum it was great. Mason, did you catch any hockey yesterday? I did. Yeah, I watched a few of the games. Okay, I watched okay. the Avs game last night. That was a good one. Okay. I didn't catch that game. What happened that game? Um, well, the Avs started out, I think they were outshot eight, 17 or 18 to 4 in the first period. And then they scored on their first two shots of the second period and went up 2 nothing on the Kings. And then Kings ended up coming back, tying it up, and it went OT. Or if not OT, I may have been just before. I don't remember. It was late last night, and I was tired. Was that that was Colorado, uh, LA? In LA. So based on that, so based on that game, if those two played each other round one, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's possible. I'm just saying. I want your opinion. If both of those two played each other round one, who do you think takes the series based on what you saw last night? Mm. It's hard. I think LA looked more playoff gritty than the Avs did they they let in a couple of ugly goals but I feel like overall LA looked more playoff ready I think they have less injury problems right now than Colorado still so that's what probably a big thing do you think that it's one of those series where the Avs would need to end it quick because the longer the series goes on LA LA is probably more more equipped and and maybe a little bit deeper like you said health wise to to win a game six or game seven so if you had to pick if it was colorado la first round series game seven you're going LA just because just Just based on what you saw last night wearing them down i think it would probably work out yeah did you did you catch the uh dallas vegas game no i did not did you catch the shootout highlight? Did you see that fucking save yep, Jake Ottinger made? My groin oh, still hurts my, just from watching it. My, the whole, my whole lower body, I pulled it just watching. I pulled my dick. I pulled my gooch. I pulled my hole. I pulled both growings. I pulled my Achilles. I tore my Achilles. I tore my ACL. All just watching Jake Ottinger make that fucking toe save with that puck. I mean, the strength, the core strength, and the hamstring, and just all that is it's incredible to be able to do that um, because all his weight was on the left and that right leg. It's crazy. It's insane. If you haven't seen it, 
Um, go pull that up. Jake Ottinger, um, his game-winning save in the shootout last night was. It was one of those goals where when the guy made the move, I was like, "Fuck!" It was. Hopefully, we can bury this and and put one in and end it. And then all of a sudden, the puck's not in, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Who is the girl on the broadcast? Is it Emily Kaplan? If it's ESPN, then yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not bad. Mm-hmm. She's. I actually. I actually. I actually. Yeah, yeah. I actually like her. Um. Yeah, she's not bad. I think it I don't like anybody who talks too much. And I think she jumps in at the right times. Um I don't think she says too much and I think what she says is is precise and and correct. She knows what she's talking about. Um I've definitely gotten used to her. It was different at first. Um but I like it. Um I like her, so keep it up. I like I like I like hearing her. I like hearing what she has to say. Um so Mason you woke up this morning with the same news that I woke up to about Tiger Woods, and I just want to know how quickly your morning wood went away. Was it as fast as mine? Mm, yeah. I mean, I he wasn't really in contention or anything, so it would have been nice to watch him play, but at the same time, I feel like it'll be less of a distraction for those who are actually in contention right now. Like, Rom is still up by two. Mickelson is the clubhouse leader, which is insane to think about. So basically, if Rom chokes, Mickelson could end up taking this thing for the live tour, which would be just nutty. So John Rom is in first at ten yeah, under. Mickelson is. Phil Mickelson is now tied for second with Brooksy um, at eight yeah, under. He's the clubhouse and leader. then Mickelson is clubhouse leader, yeah. so he has the advantage right now. Yeah, and Spieth. Um, Spieth choked on the final hole and bogeyed it because Spieth was at minus eight on after seven. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So he's through. Yeah, he's finished. Um, but Phil's finished too. Yeah, Phil right now holds all. But those. he hasn't. Oh, but that was the restart. He hasn't played that third. Has he played his third yeah, round? This is the final. Everyone got cut. Everyone oh, got cut the... up this morning. This is all. This is for all of it right now. Oh, so it's pretty much Brooks and Rom. And it looks like Patrick Reed and Russell Henley still have a chance too. They're only three strokes back. True. Okay. Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, do you know who I want to see win? Who? Brooksy. I I can't get behind that. I. I mean. I, I just want everybody to shut the fuck up. Leave the guy alone. Like, yeah, he – all anyone talked about was in the Full Swing documentary how – it's like how can you look so miserable and have a – I don't care how fucking hot your wife is. She's still going to annoy you at some point in time. Like it, it's just – that's just how life works. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't matter how, how much of a supermodel your wife is. You're still going to – have fights and and whatever she's gonna say things that you disagree with and annoy the shit out of you just like everybody else's normal relationships in this world just like he probably says shit that annoys the fuck out of her he just looks like a guy to me that just doesn't want to be bothered just leave him like you know what i mean but now he does shit that doesn't help his cut his case right like he goes to the florida panthers games like an asshole yeah i was gonna say i feel like and holds hold, he just has a he holds up the cone to ekblad i mean he's fine he just he doesn't handle himself around people as well i don't think yeah i just i just kind of i just kind of want him to win so people get off his back 
And I think that's what he needs is, is like, who cares? Like, why, why is it your point in life to, to determine how unhappy or happy Brooks Kepka is, or you think he is like, who gives a fuck? Let the guy live his life and fucking play golf in shorts and make millions and millions of dollars on the live tour. It's, it's clearly helping his game because he hasn't won in a long time and he won last week and he's in contention for quite frankly, the biggest tournament anybody, any golfer could ever play in, in their entire life. I mean, if you asked any professional golfer, if you could pick one tournament to play in for the rest of your life, I would say 99.9% of them are going to say, I want to play in the masters every single oh, year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's no, maybe a close second is St. Andrews. But they don't play there every the year, open. so you only get to go. But they don't play there every once year, every right? Eight so eight years or whatever it is. Exactly. So if you ask any any golfer, ninety nine point nine percent of them, and and you say one tournament, you get to play it every year for the rest of your life. They're picking the Masters. It's not it's not even close. So just to be even in contention is is good for him. But I kind of want to see him win. I like John mm-hmm. Rom. Um, now if <laughs> I. I Rory doesn't look good. No, not this week. Meaning, no, no, no. I don't mean his golf game. I mean, he kind of looks like an asshole because he, now this could have been editing and this could have been um, a Netflix thing, but they really leaned into his, I fucking hate Phil Mickelson vibe on that show. I mean, they ended, I think they ended his part with him winning and then it was also depressing because he was like, by himself his caddy wasn't even like drinking with him was fucking weird um which shows you how of an much of an individual sport golf is but before that they ended his segment with him going fuck you phil when he was getting stretched out in the training Mm -hmm. room he didn't make the cut and phil's banking a lot of money from his pocket pretty much i i think i think rory has Rory needs to stop concerning himself with being PGA's Aaron boy and, and get back to focusing on golf. Cause even he said himself, it's taken, it's being this kind of mentor and trying to keep all these guys on tour. He should just not give a fuck and let guys who want to leave, leave and just play his game. I don't, I think, I think it's really hurt him. I think it's really hurt him. And I think he looks like a dick. He looks like an asshole. He called Phil out. He didn't make the cut. Phil did. Not only did Phil make the cut, Phil's in contention for top five. So Phil's looking at Rory saying, get fucking bent, helmet. Not a good look for Rory. I'm just saying, not a good look. But um, I think Tiger withdrawing is 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 just bad for golf all around. I, I think I think him finishing the tournament is what people wanted to see. I think that's what every golfer wants to see. Is Tiger at least be competitive? That being said, um, I want to get your opinion on this. Is he done? I think he's done. I think he needs to hang him up. Um, it's hard to watch because he doesn't look comfortable and he doesn't look anywhere near his best. Did you see the one shot? I think from the first round where his ball was right near the lip of the bunker, but it was in the fairway, but he had to stand in the bunker and he was trying to figure out where to put that back foot. And he kept digging it more and more into the sand. Um, and when he finally hooked that ball, if you noticed, he like hopped up on one foot and like stuck his foot out. And you could clearly tell he was not only uncomfortable, but like that physically mm-hmm. hurt him to like take that shot. I think I, I don't think I don't think he he's wins done, another right? 
I mean, if he wins another tournament, it's probably a smaller one. I think he would have to really put together some rounds, but I think health-wise, he can't can't do four days straight. I think he's good for three days usually, and then the fourth day, depending on what day it is, causes him to have to withdraw or whatever. Yeah, he can't even finish it. He can't even finish a mm-hmm. tournament. I mean, that's the crazy. That's the crazy yep. thing, um, and that's the sad thing. I, if but golf is golf is about being able to finish. Right. Here's here, here's the other selfish thing too, right? He withdrew, but that means that there was a golfer who missed out on money, who didn't make the cut, who would have made the cut. And that's that, that. That is where it starts getting unfair. Where you're to the point where it's like, okay, I can I can make it to Saturday, but in my head, on most Saturdays, I'm going to withdraw. That's not fair to guys that are right there at the cut line who can finish and can walk four rounds. And I love Tiger, and and to me, he's the greatest golfer of all time. I don't I don't even think it's I don't want to say I don't even think it's close. It, it's a little close as far as major championships and stuff like that with other golfers from, from back in the day. But I think it's pretty consensus that the consensus is he is the number one golfer of all time and will be the number one golfer of time. And if he's not, he is the number one golfer that everyone wants to see do well, regardless of his personal issues, regardless of his personal issues. Um, so it's just sad to see Freddie couples. If Mason, if you could swing like Freddie couples tomorrow, what would you give up? Would you give up a testicle to swing like Freddie Couples? Probably not. I feel like that would throw off my center of gravity, and I wouldn't swing like him. <laughs> what? Okay. But if it was the right one, you're left. Oh, you're lefty, so it'd have to be the left one because all your weight is in the right <laughs> foot, and so you'd want all the weight in the right ball to match all the weight in the right foot. But you can't take the left ball because then that's the one you need. I, I would give my right nut to swing like Freddie Couples because I'm a righty and I lean on my left foot and I would need my left testicle for that weight distribution, also semen distribution. Um, but that's what I would give up because that guy is a fucking G. His swing is still as smooth as it was day one. And it's just a, a pleasure to watch. Um, shout out Freddie for making the cut, the oldest person to make the cut at the Masters mm-hmm. ever. Um, and then, like we said, the current leaderboard, I don't know. John Rahm looks like he might do it. I think, I don't think Kepka's looks like he's, looks like he's cold. Looks like he may not come back. Um, last thing, let's see where we're at with the NHL standings. Um, so it is Sunday, April 9th. The season ends, is it season ends April 14th, this Friday season ends. We are currently sitting at the East is the same. So Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, and New York Rangers have all clinched. Both wild card spots are still up for grabs. In the first wild card position, currently you have Florida with 80 games. You have the New York Islanders with 80 games, both at 91 points. Then you have Pittsburgh at 80 games with 90 points. Now my wild card Buffalo is at 78 games at 85 points. So if you put them at 80 games with two wins, they're one point behind Pittsburgh, two points behind New York and Florida. They could theoretically, my wild card pick of Buffalo 
could still jump Pittsburgh. Like I said, anybody, if anybody was going to do it, it would be them. But I did have it staying the same. Pittsburgh did play a good game against um, Detroit yesterday. Uh, they looked solid. They looked really good. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. We'll see. So that's where the East sits right now. Both wild cards still up for grabs with Florida, New York, and Pittsburgh having all two games left to play and Buffalo having four games left to play, which could actually make it interesting. How do you feel about your Penguins, Mason, your favorite team? I mean, I still think they're in a position where they can sneak in. I don't think Buffalo's doing anything, even though they have games in hand. I don't think they're going to make it. So, What do you think is better for hockey? Pittsburgh and Florida? Or Pittsburgh and the Islanders? Pittsburgh and Florida. Yeah, I mean, you want to keep you want to keep that market down there. You want to keep growing that market. You need Florida in the playoffs. You need Florida in the playoffs. Central or the West: um, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Vegas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, and Seattle is the first wild card. They have all clinched. There is only one wild card spot remaining in the Western Conference. Winnipeg has one game on Calgary with one point on Calgary. 79 games played with 91 points. Calgary has 80 games played with 90 points. Nashville, 79 with 88. I, uh, I don't see Nashville doing it. They look like shit against the Stars when, when we beat them the other night. Um, Calgary, like we said last episode, what did we say about Calgary last episode, Mason? I mean, I think they could still sneak in, but it's just, I don't know. I said they're, I said yeah. they're coming. I said, I said, look out because they're yeah. coming. I mean, it's still doable, but we still got a couple of games, so we'll just have to see it next week. I, I'm still going to stick with my prediction that Calgary jumps Winnipeg and takes that second Western Wild Card. Um, just, I just have a feeling. I have a feeling. I think Nashville's out. Nashville's not going to do it. Um, it's going to come down to Calgary or Winnipeg, and I think Calgary is going to do it. Like, because like we said. Winnipeg's last two games are against Minnesota and Colorado. It's that's the way the cookie crumbles, and that's a tough way to crumble the cookie, but that's the way the fucking cookie crumbles. So there's nothing you can do about it. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. So other than Seattle clinching, nothing has really changed from last week. Um, I have not changed any predictions. Mason, would you like to backtrack? on any of your predictions from no, last week. I'd say they're all the same. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to say most of your predictions are going to be yeah. wrong. We'll see. But Someone's got to be wrong, no, right? And it's, it's never me. It's never, it's never me. I mean, are you accepting defeat we'll already? See. We still got two games and they're still, I mean, it's mostly up in the air still. Yeah, I think, I think you're full of shit with Pittsburgh, but whatever. Um, and I think you think Winnipeg. I think you're full of shit with Winnipeg too. But I mean, that's that's Peterson's that's Peterson's uh, takes. It's Peterson's takes. I'm always right though. I'm always right. Yeah. I'm never wrong. Ask my girlfriend. Never wrong. Ask her. Right. Um, those are the current NHL standings. Well, that is the uh, that's the standings. We will see you next time on. The Flowscape Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, download everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. That was episode two.
Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for sticking with Mason. Thanks for being with us today. Have a happy Easter. Have a happy Passover, Ramadan, whatever it is that you celebrate out there. All of the above. We support it all. We love you all. We'll see you later. See you later, everyone.